details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groth in Exile. Well struck, Millage going back to the wall and leaps goodbye! <laughs> that hung up forever and ever, and then a few moments more, and it's a three-run homer, and the Diamondbacks lead it. Chris Young has ten runs batted in early in the season. Two and one, the count to Kelly Johnson. Kelly drives it, deep right field, down the line! Arizona Diamondbacks go back-to-back. Back. I think ever so slight, yes. There's an uppercut now, and he juices it into right center field all the way to the wall, Jackson. And Jackson heading to the plate. Drew to third, a triple. And the Diamondbacks start to pile on. The backstop it goes, streaking home to score the run as Stephen Drew, Hayden Penn. It's not a, a good way to start things. The one-two. To the right side, diving play onto the bag. That's all they will get. RBI number 11 on the season for Chris Young. Jones, Garrett Jones. Petco Park. Chris Snyder drives it deep right center field. That one is up against the wall. The record inning continues. Three runs across the plate. Gracie, what kind of inning is it? That's officially a parentheses inning. Ah, I just stay on in Detroit. Brandon Inge. Uh -oh. oh, Edwin Jackson hits it deep to the wall. It's gone! A 13-run 
Arizona, 15-4 for Pittsburgh. He may get the silent treatment in that dugout. Yes, welcome in. Another edition of Michael Graff in Exile underway on a Monday, April 12th, 2010. Highlights right there. That was uh, the reason I played that. That was uh, record-setting yesterday. The Diamondbacks score 13 runs in the fourth inning against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And uh, the Pirates, uh, well, they're, it's nice to see that after a... Uh, well, they're off to a 500 start on the season. But, man, they're looking like the Pirates of... Well, the Pirates of always. At least the Pirates of the last 17 years. A 13-run fourth inning for the Diamondbacks. Edwin Jackson, the starting pitcher for the D-backs, goes uh, two for two in the inning. Including a home run, his first in the majors. Unbelievable. It looked like a great swing, too. What a game that was yesterday. The Diamondbacks win 15-6. to Major League Baseball in full effect, and you know I love it. It's one of the big things. That's one of my, uh, that's, well, that's one of my things. I mean, listen, I, uh, I sit here and I watch games. As I'm doing this podcast today, I'm sitting here, I'm watching the Phillies and the Nationals. And uh, listen, if you have money on the games, it certainly it helps. But generally speaking, I mean, these are just for me, it's just entertainment more than anything else. I love watching baseball. Uh, in just a little while, I'm going to watch uh, the first game from uh, Minnesota's new uh, field there, Target Field in Minneapolis. I want to go to a game there this summer. Maybe I will. My grandma lives in uh, Minneapolis. Well, she lives in Bloomington, a suburb. Uh, about five or ten minutes from the Mall of America. So I'm going to probably uh, go up there this summer, hopefully, and uh, check out a game at Target Field. I think that'd be great. I think it looks like a cool place. Now, the problem is, if you go up to Minneapolis in the summer, you never know what you're going to get, what kind of a day you might get for a game up there, because it could very easily be um, it could be a, a great game for baseball. It could be you know a beautiful 75, 80-degree day. Uh, or it could be a typical, it could be one of those Minneapolis days where it's 95 degrees and muggy. You really don't know. That's why That's why I think going to see a game there now would be great. I saw the weather for today. It looks, uh, looks perfect, about 65 degrees this afternoon. Looks like a great day for baseball. Maybe a few showers and thunderstorms around those. So that's something to think about, but whatever. I guess it's that global warming, 65 degrees in Minneapolis in... Uh, in April, yeah, that that just proves Al Gore is absolutely right, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, here we go again. Yes, uh, another edition of the program underway. Yes, it is Monday. Yes, we are here. I've got a lot of stuff to talk about, not just baseball related. Highlights, of course, at the beginning of the program brought to you by Fox Sports Net Arizona. Uh, Darren Sutton and Mark Grace on the call there. I should probably uh, properly attribute that, and I'm sure it wasn't even legal for us to use that, but you know what? I did it anyway. What is, is Major League Baseball going to come after me, really? Are they going to give me a cease and desist on that? Just played a few highlights. It's highlights you can get anywhere. Don't, you know, don't bust my balls too badly, okay? All right, a uh, big show. We have lots of stuff. Obama approval numbers. We've got to get to some of that. Um, obviously, a lot of big news over the weekend. Um, I know I'm going to butcher the name, but uh, Polish President Lech um, Kaczynski, uh, he dies tragically in a plane crash over the weekend, along with several other top Polish government officials. Um, a Japanese reporter was on board. Lots of people were on board, family, uh, friends, and uh, 
97 people in all killed in the plane crash. Uh, this went down in Russia. I guess they were flying to see a memorial of uh, Polish soldiers that had died uh, during, um, I believe, World War II. So a very tragic situation over the weekend there. We had another earthquake in uh, Southern California. It was right on the border, uh, right uh, near Calexico over the weekend. Not related to the earthquake that took place uh, just over a week ago in uh, the Baja. This is a separate earthquake measuring about a 5.2. No significant damage, no injuries or fatalities were reported with this, but just another earthquake. And uh, people are starting to wonder, what's going on? Is this 2012 crap actually accurate with all these earthquakes that are going on all of a sudden? Now, earthquakes are a regular thing. Many of you don't realize, but there are literally hundreds and hundreds of earthquakes that occur every single day all across the world. Uh, the, the, the earth is constantly rattling and shaking around. Uh, the, the tectonic plates are constantly in motion. There's uh, a lot of activity going on underneath the Earth's crust, the Earth's mantle. So uh, the, the shaking, the little temblers are frequently occurring. And most of them, I would say a good 99.9% .9 of the quakes that occur, you could never feel yourself. But, of course, seismographs can easily detect these. And, uh, you know, many of the earthquakes are, are ones on the Richter scale, you know, 1.1, 1.4, 1.8. But every once in a while, a few of them go up into the twos or even the low threes, and maybe a couple of those uh, get felt at the surface. Many of them take place deep in, in, under the Earth's surface, so uh, you probably wouldn't feel them unless they were of a significant magnitude. But regardless, hundreds of quakes occur. It's just that recently, somewhat more violent quakes have been occurring at a slightly more regular frequency. I mean, it's uh, pretty crazy. So that's, of course, led people to immediately press the panic button and try and figure out what's going on there. But um, from what I'm to understand, it's really nothing to get too panicked about at this point. There does not appear to be a black hole at the center of planet Earth, nor does there appear to be a, um, any other unusual activity which should cause us to immediately start rioting um, and cracking each other's heads open and feasting on the goo inside. Though I must admit, sometimes I do think the world has just gone completely nuts, and that's partially based on some of the stories I talk to you about every day, partially based on some of the things I see, and then just uh, some of the other randomness of, uh, of the world that we live in, the TV shows, the reality shows, all the nonsense that we have to deal with on a regular basis. It does does make you wonder sometimes, maybe we are headed for doomsday. I don't know. I'm not one of those kind of people, but you'd think so. I, I'm having my own personal doomsday every day of my existence, but I don't know about planet Earth. Anyway, yeah, uh, over the weekend, got kind of sick. In fact, I've been sick since about last Thursday. I, um, I don't get sick very often, as you know. I really don't. And it's not like I was debilitatingly sick. I was just, I had this terrible sore throat. As you remember from last week's podcast, if you heard it, I just, I talked, it sounded terrible by the end of the podcast. And I didn't want to do another one where I sounded like that. Um, I, I really felt that I think the listeners are probably getting a little bit weirded out or grossed out. If you, you hear somebody that's just sounding like this, I, I was starting to really sound like that by the end of the show. And I just thought, you know what, maybe I ought to give the throat a rest, give the voice a little bit of a rest and uh, then come back with some fresh shows uh, next week. And that's pretty much what I did over the weekend. My, my throat felt like it was on fire. I did a lot of the throat spray, the chloroseptic, and had uh, the cough. I still have a little bit of the old man cough. When I start laughing, I, 
I burst out into coughs and I, um, I've noticed that every once in a while I just go on a coughing jag. So I'm still not quite over it, but I feel a lot better. I actually do feel alive again, relatively speaking anyway. So hopefully I'll be all right for today's show. All right, I have a lot of things I want to play for you. I have these Glenn Miller ads. I have to play these for you. This is a a guy who's running for office in Missouri. I think he's running for Senate in the state of Missouri. And radio stations are required by federal law to play this guy's commercial. If he ponies up the dough for it, they are required by federal law to play these things. And they have to, I mean, they're offering disclaimers before and after the commercials. But you have to hear these things. We're going to play those for you in just a few minutes. But before I do that, I have to play this. So, you know, in radio, most talk radio stations operate on a seven-second delay or on some type of a delay system. And the reason they do that is because it's called a profanity delay. And, of course, one of the primary reasons is because they don't want people coming up on the air and saying the F word or whatever, saying pee-pee caca. But the other reason is because they... It's really about protecting the station's interests in case of a libel suit. For example, if somebody gets on the air and says, hey, I think McDonald's causes cancer, they can just dump that out. They don't want to have the possibility, even though it probably wouldn't happen. But in this litigious society, you never know. It's to prevent somebody from coming on the air and saying something that could be potentially libelous and getting the radio station in a lot of trouble. That's the original reason why they put in a delay system in the first place. And many stations operate on a seven or eight or 10 second delay. Some morning shows uh, will operate on an even higher delay. And then they have uh, a multitude of people that work the the, the, the delay buttons uh, just in case uh, something that might be a little bit over the line or come close to the edge, whatever that is in radio nowadays. You never know. It changes from day to day, it seems like. So somebody can dump that out. So, for example, and I'm, I'm just I'm gonna do this right now. I'm I'm running our uh, our own little delay system here, just so I can show you what it sounds like when you dump something out. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna I'm gonna start talking, and all of a sudden I'm I'm gonna hit the uh, I'm gonna hit the dump button. And what that's gonna do is is uh, it'll just dump out a portion of the sentence that I'm saying, and then what you're gonna hear is is you'll hear uh, you'll hear the delay start to rebuild. And you, sometimes people will notice this if you're listening to a talk show and they're talking and all of a sudden um, just the conversation sounds like it jumps to another sentence and then you hear sort of a, a rebuild. There's many ways to build up delay. Usually it's done by slowing down the tempo of uh, what's going out over the air. I, I mean, I could explain how a delay system works, but I think many of you understand. It's it's a It's a very... It's actually a fair, fairly simple thing, but it revolves around uh, many complex principles. Anyway, so what it would sound like if I just uh, all of a sudden went over here and uh, because I have this whole, this whole thing rigged up and I just suddenly decided to sound like is that I just jumped to another sentence and now you're just hearing um, probably that and you're probably hearing the delay begin to rebuild. And uh, this is not a system I've employed in a long time on my show because, um, well, there's no need to because this is a podcast. I, I just record this show live. I don't uh, go through any delay measures. It'd be kind of silly to do so. Actually, I, maybe it'd be, maybe that would be the pretentious way to record the podcast. Yeah, man, I'm so outrageous. I record my podcasts on a delay, man. 
But in radio, that's what they do. They um, they have these uh, these big digital delay systems. Anyway, the reason I bring this up is because Mike Francesa, this is a couple of weeks old, but I just got sent this clip. Mike Francesa was on the air and uh, he's a, uh, he works at WFAN in New York. Uh, he's fairly well known. He's been on TV, radio. He was with uh, Mike and the Mad Dog. They had their their big show for a while. Now, uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo has gone to Sirius. He has his own sports show, but uh, Mike uh, Francesa is a very well-known sports talk show guy. He's been doing uh, sports radio for a long time. He did, uh, what was it called, Inside the NFL, Around the NFL, or whatever it was. He did that for a while on, um, I can't, MSNBC or one of these channels for a while. He, he had that. Um, where his radio show was also put on TV. Anyway, so a guy decides he's going to call up and he's going to try and uh, pull a fast one on a radio show. Now, generally speaking, if a talk show host and a technical director, a board op, as we call them in the business nowadays, generally speaking, if those people are on top of their game, uh, something like this doesn't happen. All right. Generally speaking, this won't happen. The the host will usually hit the button because usually in the studio, within an arm's length of the of the host, there's usually a button over here, and usually it just says dump delay or dump or whatever. And then in the in the control room where the technical director is, there's also a, a dump button in there. Usually there's eight seconds worth of delay, seven, eight seconds. And by hitting it, you usually dump out four seconds. Maybe you dump out the entire eight seconds worth of delay that's built up. And then it starts to rebuild, as you just heard me doing right here. And you heard kind of my voice sound a little bit watery there. It sounded a little bit um, stuttery, like it was uh, like it was kind of slowed down. Well, not, not slowed down pitch-wise, but slowed down tempo-wise. It sounded like I was talking a little bit slower. Well... That's uh, what's supposed to happen, but that's not exactly what happened here. I know I over-explained this, but I just wanted to sort of set it up for you. Maybe some people don't know everything about radio and how it works. So here's the clip. This is, um, I, I forgive the quality of this clip. The, the quality is very bad, but uh, here's a caller. This is what it sounded like on uh, WFAN in New York. I think this is uh, two weeks ago on the Mike Francesa show. In North Bergen. What's up, Joe? Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, thanks. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, thanks. I had uh, two quick points. Uh, first, I'd like to say you did a phenomenal job covering the uh, NCAA tournament last week. Not many people covered all that long as well as you did. Well, thank uh, you. Secondly, what do you think the chances are that um, Jose Reyes uh, has the biggest cock <laughs> in the locker room? <laughs> well, you see, here's the thing I try to tell you guys. Um, when you call up and you try to do something stupid like curse or something like that or try to get something like that through, you can't get it through. You can't do it. So we're on a delay for that reason so that knuckleheads yeah. don't do stuff like that. And if Got you a do, delay that didn't get used. Anyway. So it's not a big deal. So you don't worry about it. It doesn't work, though. You can't do it. It's impossible. He just said it's impossible. You can't do it. You can't get it on the air. Well, that guy just got it on the air. Hold on here. Possible. Uh, it just never gets on the air. It's impossible. So it's just, you know, you might think that you wait to do something like that, and you're thrilling your friends, but it just doesn't work. I know you try to do it, but it just doesn't work. Yeah, well, it just worked. <laughs> <laughs> it 
That's awesome. Especially when a guy, you know, gets, he starts to brag a little bit about, it. hey, listen, you can't get it past us. You can't slip one past the goalie on this one, buddy. It's impossible. You know, you get your little knucklehead friends, you get them to call up. You can't get it past me. I'm all over this, man. I'm all over the button. No, you're not. Oh, man. Radio is, uh, it's a weird business. It really is. All right. We have a lot of things to get to on the program. I've got to talk about uh, some some poll numbers, as I mentioned off the top of the show. I want to get to those. Um, I've got some weird stories to cover. Of course, we have the Michael Grav Show Stupid News File. You know, a lot of, lot of dumb stuff goes on uh, in the world. And we have, um, I don't know, we just have a myriad of things to talk about. As you know, that's just what we do on this show. We There no, never seems to be a shortage of things to get into. Is this delay system? Oh no, the delay system stopped building a long time ago. I have the, I had the delay system running. All right. It would sound really weird if I dumped right now. The music would sound really strange. All right, Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Grav Show, AOL Instant Messenger. You can also PayPal us a most generous donation, and that's something I want to get into as well. You know, this this phenomena of tip jars. Uh, tipping is becoming a, a situation that's getting out of hand here in the U.S. We'll talk about it coming up. It's Michael Groff in exile on a Monday. More coming up. Segment number two, for real this time, Michael Grav in exile on a Monday. It's April 12, 2010, and uh, three days away from the voluntary tax day. I just saw this. I mentioned it off the top of the show that uh, only there's uh, apparently, is this even accurate? 47% of Americans don't pay income tax. I need you to hear me. And yet, we want to have a socialized healthcare system. So 53% of, of people will be paying for the other 47%. Beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. That 47%, of course, reflective of the fact that a lot of people have lost their jobs. Reflective of the uh, ever-aging population of the United States. And reflective, uh, let me see, uh, it was just just over 10 years ago, it was 30, only uh, 37% of uh, American citizens didn't pay income tax. And I don't mean people that work that just don't pay their taxes. I mean people that are either unemployed, retired, children, etc. 
Or, of course, the deadbeats that don't pay their taxes. All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address, but more importantly, that's also the PayPal address for your most generous contributions to the program. Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name, Michael Grob Show. And we're also always hanging out on IRC. EFNet IRC Net Radio is the channel. All right, nice to see that uh, the Minnesota Twins got off to a nice start opening their new ballpark. Target Field, they got a win today. 5-2, to two, they beat the Red Sox. And uh, look at that, uh, Jason Kubel. Jason Kubel hit the first home run at the new Target Field. That was, that was good to see. You know, the Twins actually have a very good lineup. I know. He's talking about sports again on the podcast. Is sorry about that. We won't. We'll we'll go right back to uh, right back to Barack Obama. Hey, look, I could I could bring out the the new low for the approval rating. Barack Obama. Now it depends on what poll you look at. For example, if you look at um, the CNN Gallup poll, forty four percent approval rating. If you look at the uh, let's see, well that's actually CNN USA Today Gallup poll, forty four percent. Fox News, forty three percent. Um, depending, it bounces around here. CBS News, 44%, 46%. Um, uh, the only one that, I don't know where some of these, I don't know the methodology for some of these, but there, there are a few of them. Um, there is a, uh, which one is this? I want to say it's a CNN opinion. Let's see. I don't know which one it is. I've got all my poll numbers mixed up, but here's one that's uh, 51%. So the, the anyway, all these different indexes uh, rate Barack Obama from about 43 to 51% approval rating. Uh, but the ones that most of us use, uh, the Rasmussen, the Zogby, your uh, CNN, USA Today, Gallup poll, Fox News, they're all 43 to 44%. They all measure new lows and the disapproval rating continues to go up and it has now outpaced the approval rating. So people are uh, overwhelmingly opposed to Barack Obama at this point. And here's the other thing. Um, the con- the talking point about Republicans repealing the health care bill. Now, the on the left, they want to tell you that, oh, that talk is now dead. Uh, there's no more talk of that. Republicans would be stupid to do so. But apparently the American people to a tune of 58% believe that repealing is a good idea. They believe it's a good idea to repeal the health care bill. Now, that's interesting because we heard that that's dead and that the American people, by and large, the American people want this. I mean, that's what we keep being told. We're force-fed that the American people still want this health care reform. Oh, well, who would be against this? Who'd be against free health care? Well, it's not free. I don't know how many times I have to explain this to people. It's not free. It's got to be paid for somewhere, and we still haven't come up with the means for paying for it. We still don't know how it's going to be paid for. Here's the most incredible stat, and I, I throw this out there uh, strictly as a, a point of reference. Now, understand when I point this out that I fully admit that the Republicans um, have been the cause of a lot of the national debt that we have now. Certainly, under the Bush administration, the six years that the House had control 
Republican control under the Bush administration from 2000 to 2006 or 2001 to 2006. Uh, there was a lot of deficit spending. And then the Democrats took over in 2007 and have run the House since. And I point out the House of Representatives because that's who drafts the budget. That's who makes, um, you know, drafts up the budget. The, those are the people that appropriate the, uh, the funds, etc. And then the president chooses to sign it or not. All right. So I want to point this out. In the first four years of the Bush administration... Uh, total debt accumulated $2 trillion in the first four years of the Bush administration. All right, in the first 420 days of Barack Obama administration and Democrat rule all across the board, total debt accumulated $2 trillion. You know, uh, I have to tell you, this is change we can all believe in. So it's taken, excuse me, it's taken Barack Obama uh, a mere 420 days to accrue $2 trillion in debt. And it took the Bush administration four years to do so. And Bush was seen as the most fiscally irresponsible president we've ever had. Well, if he's the most fiscally irresponsible president we've ever had, what's Barack Obama? Well, he's he walked into a bad situation, Mike. You have to understand, he he came in, you know, it was a mess when he came in here. How long are we going to hear that excuse, too, by the way? How long are we going to hear that? Well, you know, he took over a great big mess. You know, last I checked, he volunteered to run. Nobody held a gun to his head and told him to run for president. Somebody once told me, and this is an analogy that uh, I've been told. Um, I heard this last October. And uh, I know people still use this, and it really drives me crazy. They said, well, imagine if you got a job at an office. You became an office manager. You walked into a new office, and the previous office manager left the whole place in disarray. Files were missing. Uh, stuff was all over the place. Uh, people didn't like each other. It was just a great big mess. You walked into this massive mess, and you are now the new office manager tasked with cleaning things up, getting the business to run more efficiently, getting the office to run more efficiently. All right, so now I'm the office manager for a year and three months. All right, I'm the new office manager, and it's still, it's actually worse now than when I took over. I mean, at what point am I held accountable? How long do I get to use the excuse of, well, the, the guy that was here before me, man, he really screwed this place up. He really put us in a big old hole. How often do I get to use that as an excuse before maybe my supervisor goes, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's actually worse now. The when we hired you, and it's it's not even getting better. There's no signs that it's getting better. That's the thing, too. We're not looking at any sign of improvement. If you look at the economic indicators, yes, the Dow is up a little bit. Here's what happened with the Dow. I mean, if you want to try and use the Dow as the, as the primary indicator of the economy, that's ridiculous. In 2007, October of 2007, the Dow hits 14,000. Remember, at that time, oil was skyrocketing. Uh, it, it, it was only um, about nine months later that oil hit, uh, what, $147 a barrel. Everything was overinflated. The price of everything. The market was way overinflated. It all hit the bubble. It all burst, and the, and the market collapsed to about 6800 
And you knew that that was too low. So I told you at the time when it hit 14,000, there's certainly recordings of this, and I've played them many times, where I told you that the stock market is overvalued and it's going to head back to 10,000. Well, I was wrong. It went all the way back to 6,800. I told you that air, uh, oil would go down to $80 a barrel. Well, it actually went below $50 a barrel for a while. People thought I was nuts for suggesting that oil would go down to 80 bucks a barrel. But see, what happened was the market overcorrected itself. It just flatlined. It just went in the tank. And then people saw bargains. People saw opportunity. And they said, all right, I'm going to swoop in here now. People who never had the opportunity to invest before, they had a little money set aside. They said, hey, this is a good time to invest. And then the market went back up. And now it's about where it should be. And that's what happened. So the market is only going back to really where it should be. Unemployment numbers are still way up there. The, the official unemployment number is 9.7% right now. You have to understand that 9.7%, that represents the number of people still out there in the labor market that just haven't found a job. It doesn't count the people that have dropped off the labor market. So there are lots of people that don't have jobs and they haven't had jobs for a considerable amount of time, whatever it is, six months, a year, before they drop off that, that statistic. So there are a lot of people that the real number is probably more like 11 or 12%. Maybe it's even higher. But the real number is always higher than that, especially when the economy is bad. When the economy is good, that number is relatively accurate, although... You know, it's still kind of a, a flaky number. It's, it's hard to pin that down. It's a basic indicator of how good or how bad things are going. And right now, things are still going very bad. You look at the debt to GDP ratio. You look at all these basic economic indicators, consumer confidence. Now, again, I've said before, consumer confidence doesn't necessarily indicate one thing or the other. Consumers can be totally uh, can have total lack of confidence in the system and yet still they go out and buy. Consumers can have total faith in the system and not go out and buy. So consumer confidence doesn't necessarily mean anything. However, it's just another tool that you can use to indicate that, yeah, things are bad right now. People don't believe in this economy. People don't believe in the president. People don't believe in Congress. People don't believe in Republicans. They don't believe in Democrats. Right now, people are very skeptical about, about what's going on, and they have very good reason to be because they're not seeing results, and that's what people want to see. They want some results. They want Barack Obama to come in on his white horse as he sort of promised he would and, uh, and give us some change. And I know people can say, oh, he never promised that he would turn this around. When you campaign on a platform of change and that you're going to revolutionize Washington, you're going to make things different, you are going to turn around the system, well, then you better damn well start showing people that you're going to do it. And so far, aside from health care reform, which over half of the country is just vehemently rejecting, they are projectile vomiting all over the health care reform, even Democrats are against it, and even the ones that voted for it, they held their nose while they voted for it. I mean, very few people are happy with it. The only ones that are happy are sort of the pundits and sort of the Kool-Aid drinkers that have to be happy with it because they say, oh, it's a step in the right direction. Step in the right direction, man. But I mean, anybody that's really, that really thinks that this is a good system, you're just, you're completely out there. I don't know where you are, but you are way out in left field. Believe me, I've had enough. I've had plenty of taste of government health care in my lifetime, more than enough. 
more than enough. No thanks. And I've seen more than enough for my family. No thanks. Sorry. You watch bureaucracy. You watch people you know have to run through bureaucracy to try and get basic health care. People like my dad who served in the United States military. And then, you know, the guy, uh, the guy needs a kidney transplant. He has to go through a bunch of hoops and then he can't get it because, uh, well, because he didn't follow or somebody didn't follow procedure precisely to the letter procedure that it's completely uh, arcane procedure that it doesn't even need to be there. Procedure that in the private sector, they don't have to follow. But under the government healthcare system, you do, and then you're put on a priority list and a waiting list. And then, of course, you know, by that time, my dad's 56, 57, 58 years old, and he doesn't fall into that category. It's not important. So uh, you, you tell me. You tell me uh, that's, that's a great health care system. And that's the government health care system that Barack Obama wants everybody else to have. And if you choose not to get that system, oh, you're going to get fined. That's wonderful. Boy, I can't wait till that system is implemented. You, you people actually, there are people out there that actually were cheering for this. And I'm sorry, I understand. I am not, um, I'm not a doctor, all right? not a lawyer. So maybe I'm just totally unqualified. I'm just a consumer and I'm just somebody that that's a real life human being and a real case study of how the healthcare system works. And you can cite me statistics and you can talk about Sweden and Canada and France and you can talk about all these other places where they have this system. But guess what? Look on a map, stupid. This is not France. It's not Greece. It's not Sweden. It's not Canada. This is the United States. And unfortunately, our system started out different. It's always going to be different. And no matter how much you try and cram it down the people's throat, it's always going to be different, period. And that's the end of it. I don't even know how I got started on the whole rant about the healthcare situation. I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things. I just keep going back to it. And it's, it's something that I'm very, very passionate about. And, uh, I know you, you want to hear me talk about other stuff. Fine. All right. We'll get off of that for now because I've got much more, many more important things to get to like these ads. Okay. So maybe you haven't heard about this guy, uh, Glenn Miller, who's running in Missouri, I believe for Senate. And I don't mean like a state Senator. I mean like he's running for United States Senator. Now I'm a little disappointed. I'm going to present these to you. I've got some of these campaign ads. I'm a little disappointed because we don't get the full campaign ad that even has the disclaimer in front of and behind it. But they have to play these on the radio. Understand that federal election law in the United States is very clear about this. If you're a candidate for United States Senate, radio stations have to, or for any office, any federal office or state office, uh, any office really, because of equal time, radio stations have to offer all candidates the opportunity to have their political ads played. Okay, what happens is um, obviously if they don't, they're in violation of federal election law. So anybody conceivably can get as long. The only stipulation is you have to be able to pay for it. Your your ad can't technically violate the law. You know, it can't violate uh, FCC regulations. But otherwise, you can have uh, whatever content you want in your ad. And uh, you can pretty much say anything as long as you have the money to pay. And radio stations can only charge their minimum rate card 
All right. In other words, whatever the lowest rate on their on their rate card is, and I, I think the standard is that like their weekend overnight rate or whatever their lowest rate is, they have to offer that to every candidate if they're going to run political ads at all. All right, so here are the ads for Glenn Miller running for United States Senator in Missouri. Like, uh, here's here's one example. And again, these are not fake ads. This is not somebody doing a, a shtick or anything. This is a real guy running for office. It's not the liberals or conservatives, and it's not the Republicans or Democrats. It's the Jews, stupid. Jews control both the federal government and the media. Surely you don't still believe white men are in control, do you? It's the Jews, stupid. Why do you think the media demonizes white people? Why do you think the government never rules in favor of white people? Why do both the government and the media support and incite more and more Jew wars for Israel that we pay for? It's because both are controlled by Jews. Jews are loyal to Israel, not to America. So wake up. Go to DavidDuke.com and become Jew-wise. All the proof is there. (laughs) Or phone me anytime at 417-463-7703. Paid for by the committee to elect Glenn Miller to the U.S. Senate. Margaret Miller, Treasurer. Jeff, what do you think of that? Guy's retarded. It's good stuff. Wow. I mean, and, and again, radio stations have to play that. Can you imagine you're just like, you're listening to a radio station and they're playing that? All right, hang on. That's... That's not it. There's there's more of these. I'm fascinated by this I, because it's not often that you hear political ads like this. And again, th- it's not fake. I'm not making these up. This isn't for comedic purposes. This is a real guy running for United States Senator. White men have become the biggest cowards ever to walk the earth. The world has never witnessed such yellow cowards. We've sat back and allowed the Jews to take over our government, our banks, and our media. We've allowed tens of millions of foreign mud people to invade our country, <laughs> steal our jobs and our women, and destroy our children's future. Wow. America is no longer ours. America belongs to the Jews who rule it and to the mud people who multiply in it. The undeniable proof is at DavidDuke.com. It's time for white men to unite, to join together, and to take our country back. So join us on the web at VNNForum.com. And phone me anytime, 417-463-7703. Now you Paid might... for by the committee to elect Glenn Miller to oh. the U.S. Senate. Margaret Miller, Treasurer. Well, of course, yeah. So, you know, you, you, you might think that there's like nobody that would ever support this guy, especially not out loud. I mean, even if you agreed with something that the guy said, there's no way that anybody would be stupid enough to come forward and say that they agree with it. Well, that's not true. There, this guy has a following. This guy, and you know, he's using that old, I mean, he's really hung up on the Jews. Uh, he uh, has, that's, that's his big thing. In fact, he was on the Howard Stern show, actually, this guy, last week. Um, I had heard about this guy uh, a few months ago, actually, or a couple of months ago. But I, I didn't, I never heard that he went out ahead with campaign ads. I heard that he was sort of like a, sort of like a clan guy, but he's, I don't think he's actually in the KKK and I don't think he likes the KKK people. Um, but one thing about him is he's one of these guys that, uh, he, he hate, he's really hung up on the Jews 
And he thinks that if America distances themselves from the Jews, we'll be, uh, we'll be better off. And if we stop our, our allying or our alignment with Israel, we'll be in better position as well. As a matter of fact, this guy, uh, he, his position too is he's one of these guys. He, he likes, he thinks that we are, um, we are mistreating Muslims. I mean, he's, he's certifiably nuts. He really is. This guy, this guy's crazy. Hold on. We got, we have more. There's more. Let me see if he has anything else other than, well, he did talk about the mud people there. I'm presuming he's talking about, mostly he's talking about Mexicans that are coming here illegally. Now I'm, I'm against illegal immigration. Don't get me wrong. And you won't find somebody more against illegals um, taking over this country that I've done many, many shows about it. But, you know, come on, you, you got to do it a little bit more savvy than saying, them damn illegal mud people is coming in here. And come on. Hey, white man, who controls the mass media? Oh, it's that. Okay, it's the on. Jews, stupid. There's no greater power stupid. in the world today than the power held by those. I, I like his, I like his, uh, that's kind of a cool tagline, though. It's the Jews, stupid. <laughs> Glenn Miller, it's the Jews, stupid. Thank God that guy never asked me. You know, they, there's all these different uh, voice um, uh, voice solicitations online, you know, for people that uh, to do voiceover work. And uh, can you imagine, like, somebody sends me that and they go, okay, well, we're willing to pay you, uh, like, 500 bucks to do these uh, these voiceovers for this guy. And, yeah, can you imagine I sit there and, every, and then there's, you know, like, I'm sitting there voicing a, a campaign ad and then a million more mud people. And I'm like, you know, can you imagine I'm getting 500 bucks? And then, like, I'm done. I'm ruined. Oh, you're the guy that voiced all the racist crap. Well, look, I just read the... I don't believe it. Sure you don't. Sure you don't, bigot boy. All right, let me see what else here. Hey, white man, 100 million more dark aliens are coming to America. Google the next 100 million for proof. In 1960, white people were 90% of the U.S. population. Today, truth be told, we're less than half. Another 100 million foreign mongrels are on the way. But you don't care, do you, Whitey? All you care about is satisfying your belly, pocketbook, and genitals and watching the coons play ball on television. The future white children will be a nightmare, and you don't care. Your own women and children ought to spit on you every day. Go to whty.org and get involved. And phone me at 417-463-7703. That's W-H-T-Y dot org. W-H-T-Y dot org. Again, Paid I... Full by the committee to elect write-in candidate Glenn Miller to the U.S. Senate. Margaret Miller, treasurer. <laughs> this is Glenn Miller, and I approve this message. <laughs> yeah, you approve that message. All right, thank you. He, this, again, I have to remind you, these are ads running on radio stations in Missouri. I mean, you imagine you're sitting there, you're listening to a, a radio station, you're listening to some some guy, and you know, you're like driving around in your car in the morning. What a four seven kiss FM, number one music station. All right, we got to take a break, and uh, coming back, we're gonna do some fun times for some great stuff coming up for you. But right now, uh, we'll get we'll be back in just a second. Kiss FM. Hey, Whitey, uh, you know it's like fascinated by these ads here. 
Hey, white man, I hate seeing white women with African coons. We see them and their half-breed kinky-headed offspring everywhere. They ought to be arrested for eye pollution and deported to Africa for treason. Let's make it happen. Join me at whty.org and phone 417-463-7703. There you go. Short and sweet, that one. So he he's he's also hung up on the idea of of uh, of black, uh, white chicks with black dudes. He says that that what did he call it? Eye pollution. He must have something we can get behind. Hang on. Jews are the real supremacists. They proclaim they're God's chosen people. What could be more supremacist than that? But Christ said in St. John 8, 44, that Jews are the children of Satan. So who do you believe, Christ or the Jews? I don't know. So become Jew-wise at davidduke.com and phone me, 417-463-7703. Well, I don't know. Uh, according to that same Bible that you're going to quote from, uh, Jesus was a Jew, so... If Jews are the children of Satan, then is Jesus a child of Satan? Ooh, now there's a head scratcher. Yeah, that's one that's going to set you way back, isn't it? All right, well, sorry to interject uh, an attempt to interject logic into a religious discussion there. All right, anyway, um, moving on. Well, let me see. if there Are, are there any more of these? <laughs> I said I would play these last week, so I, I absolutely have to play. All right, let me see if there's any more here. We've got... Um, all right, here we go. Hey, gringo, still got your job or did your boss hire Julio for half the price? <laughs> Illegal aliens are stealing your jobs, your women, and your children's future. And Obama, your mama, is going to legalize 30 million more. Wise up and man up. Go to govnn.com and phone me, 417-463-7703. A lot of these ads. Jews are the real supremacists. Oh, yeah. They proclaim they're God's chosen people. I already got that one. Jews are the real supremacists. These, this is one of those. Uh, you just you gotta love people like this. I mean, you really do. And you know, I, I love when these guys, these just incredibly, these just way over the top bigots. Um, they use the Bible to justify their bigotry. You hear that a lot from clan guys too. The Bible says the Jews, the devil. You know, can you, I'd like for somebody to point me to that reference in the Bible where it specifically says in very plain terms that the Jew is the devil, because then I could probably just as easily point out that Jesus is a Jew. So I don't know. I'm very confused about this. I know I'm hung up on a point that really doesn't really matter in, in this discussion, but it's just, it, it's just very odd logic. And then, of course, uh, so the guy is running a campaign ad. I don't understand. So that's your platform. That's such a, You're going to run for Senate on the idea that the Jews control the media. Okay, well, when you get to the... Well, how, what does that have to do with you going into the Senate? <laughs> I mean, what is that? That's just like observational humor. This It'd be like if I recorded a campaign ad that says... A fellow Americans... The peanuts on airline flights suck. I mean, they're terrible. These things are stale, rotten peanuts from 1985, and here I am forced to eat them on a plane. I mean, can you imagine? 
here's some flight attendant that's giving me a little tiny bag of peanuts that's supposed to hold me over for three hours, and they're from 1985. I mean, when I open the package, dust falls out into my hand where peanuts used to be 20-some years ago. I'm Michael Groff, and I approve this message. Vote Michael Groff for state senate or for U.S. Senate. So what? All right, I mean, what's his point? Okay, the Jews control the media. Uh, mud people are taking over, his words. He's tired of, what did he say? He's tired of seeing, um, uh, uh, apparently he's tired of seeing white women with black dudes. Well, he doesn't say black. He's with coons, is what he says. So, okay, so when you, when you become a senator, are you going to stop that? All right, now, uh, what I propose, if I'm a... Can you imagine like Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid is there and this <laughs> Glenn Miller's dead. All right. Now, uh, I have a piece of legislation I'd like to uh, I'd like to discuss here. No. Uh, the chair reluctantly recognizes uh, the gentleman from Missouri. Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Reid, first of all, may I say you're probably one of them Jew bastards. All right. Now, I'm not Jewish, sir. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. Reed, that's kind of Jewy. Anyway, um, I'd like to propose that we stop uh, this here bill, and it just—it's called the Stop Interracial Dating Bill. And uh, when I say interracial, I'm including Jews in here too. Jews should not be able to date non-Jews, and blacks and whites, or blacks and the mud people, as I like to call them. Uh, blacks and anybody shouldn't be date. They should date other blacks. And if you don't like it, you can go to Madagascar. I mean, what, what's he going to do when he gets it? And how is he going to stop the Jews from control? Well, I'd say that no Jew can own any newspaper, uh, movie studio, record company, uh, a TV station, radio station, none of it. What's ironic is, I'm sure that there are probably Jews that uh, own radio stations that that ad is running on. Can you imagine? And again, I, I'm not questioning the federal election law that requires that we have to run these ads, that radio stations have to run these ads. But can you imagine you're like a, a Jewish guy and here you are. You're, you're, you have a radio station or you work at a radio station. Here you have this bastard that's on there running it. And I know, see, the funniest part would be if we have, could have gotten the disclaimer that, you know, beforehand says, because it literally sounded like this. It was like a, the, the disclaimer comes on and goes, K, you know, whatever, KB, KBRX, uh, 107.3 is required by federal law to air the following message. The views and ex uh, opinions expressed are not necessarily those of KBRBX uh, or its management, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like it's like this huge disclaimer. It's just like the disclaimer that they have uh, on the medical, uh, on those uh, pharmaceutical commercials. Same thing here. They go through the, and then afterwards they have a disclaimer. We'll have to find those. Anyway, I just wanted you to hear that. That's Glenn Miller. He's running for, uh, he's a write-in candidate. So, I mean, really... Um, he's going nowhere. But you know, I'm sure somebody, I'm sure some of those supporters, they're going to bring their crayons and they're going to write in Glenn Miller. Nope, you know, G L E N N 
M-I-L-A-R, whatever, you know, they'll probably spell it wrong. And they'll probably write it, you know, somewhere where they're not supposed to, hopefully, disqualifying the ballot entirely. You'll be able to spot them very easily. They'll, they'll, uh, well, they'll crawl out from under their rock. <laughs> they'll be covered in moss and uh, they'll walk into the pole dragging their knuckles and, uh, and they'll have their white hoods on. So you should be able to see them very easily and probably smell them. Uh, they'll smell kind of like old Milwaukee, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll definitely have that uh, that bush beer smell since it is Missouri. Bush, bush beer, bush beer would actually probably be a little bit too uh, too classy. But that's yeah, that's 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 our champagne of beers, Bush. Man, that's for people that got them uh, that got them uh, janitorial jobs. I can't afford bush beer. You kidding? Bush beer, man, my my pappy. Back when he was the manager of that McDonald's, he used to he used to be able to buy us Bush beer when we was twelve, and that's them was, was the good times. You doggies, you know I think what would have been a better um, all right. Here we go. This is what we're gonna do. This is the better way to make these ads sound relevant. What you do is you is you. T- <laughs> what you- to do is you take these ads and uh, you, you you know longtime listeners to this show you know exactly what I'm talking about here. All right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the ad and we're gonna add this this little flavor to it. This will make it uh, hip. Hey Gringo, still got your job or did your boss hire Julio for half the price? Illegal aliens are stealing your jobs, your women, and your children's future. And Obama, your mama, is going to legalize 30 million more. Wise up and man up. Go to govnn.com and phone me, 417-463-7703. See, that works. That makes makes it work much better. Hey, white man, I hate seeing white women (laughs) with African coons. We see them and their half-breed, kinky-headed offspring everywhere. They'll be arrested for eye pollution and deported to Africa for treason. Let's make it happen. Join me at whty.org and phone 417-463-7703. There, that's much better. All right. I think we've belabored the point enough. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. You can always send me a comment there. Also, also on the uh, on the Facebook. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't check it all the time, but I, I check it enough. And so, uh, and we've got uh, EFNet IRC, the channel net radio. We always hang out over there. Uh, you can always send me a message on AOL Instant Messenger. It's my favorite bed. We've gotten more mileage out of this bed than anything else ever. All right, anyway, we'll be back. There's uh, there's more coming up, as you know. We've uh, we got lots to do still. Get the Michael Grab Show stupid news file. <laughs> Come and release the ascender.
got a whole lot more. It's Michael Graff in exile on a Monday. Yeah, it's still Monday. And we'll be back. Segment number three, Michael Graff in exile on a Monday. It's hard to focus when your life is a Mike at KMGX.com, the email address, Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. You know that Mike at KMGX.com, that's also our PayPal address. You know, just wink, wink, hint, hint. So, on Friday, the big news was John Paul Stevens, Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens, is uh, stepping down. He's retiring. Uh, The guy is, what, 90 or 92 years old. And so, uh, Barack Obama gets to have his, uh, gets to have another Supreme Court nominee step forward. And we get to see who he selects. Now, there are several names that are on the list. There are several possibilities that uh, Obama could go with here. And we've heard heard all sorts of names. And some of them are surprisingly farther to the right than I would have certainly expected. Uh, like, for example, um, Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals Justice Diane Wood, Solicitor General uh, Elena Keegan, D.C. Court of Appeals Judge... Uh, Merrick Garland, but then of course, then of course we've all we've heard some other uh, rumors that are uh, a little bit shaky as well that are a little bit uh, not even shaky that are just downright awful. I don't know if you've heard this one, but it is possible that Homeland Secretary Janet Napolitano, yep, Janet Napolitano could be the next. Supreme Court Justice, Homeland Security Secretary Janet Napolitano. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's uh, well, yeah, the system worked. So, I mean, since the system worked so well, Jeff, she could now uh, go on to be a Supreme Court Justice. She did such a great job. 
Homeland is safe. Now we're hearing uh, former Georgia Supreme Court Chief Justice Leah Ward, Leah Ward Sears. She's on the short list. And let's see, she's now she's a little bit different. I, I don't know everything about her, but she will turn 55 in June. She was the first female African-American chief justice in U.S. history. And when nominated for the state Supreme Court by uh, then Governor Zell Miller in 1992, she became the first woman and the youngest person to ever sit on the court. She stepped down from the court last year and uh, currently practices law at Chef Harden, Schiff Harden, rather. Uh, let's see what else about her. She's a graduate of uh, Emory University Law School. Sears would, uh, was on President Obama's shortlist last year. Uh, this is, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, and here's, here's the other thing. She was uh, a member of the uh, left-leaning American Constitution Society. She's also a friend of conservative justice Clarence Thomas. Very interesting. So she has some connection there. There's definitely some connection. So this is going to be a big thing now. Now what I the, the name that's very interesting on here that was particularly like just stood out. And I heard this last week was when he talked about um Solicitor General uh, Elena Keegan now or Kagan she was she's the solicitor general now what that kind of means is is that she's sort of there to she's sort of like a, a, a the one of the ultimate spin doctors so anything that uh the the bush white house did she sort of had to spin it anything that the the obama white house does she sort of spins that she's sort of um sort of a a grand spin doctor sort of the ultimate pr person but she's supposedly kind of conservative from what I understand. So that that's why that was a very strange choice. Uh, make no mistake that John Paul Stevens is a very liberal guy. It would just make sense that Obama would replace him with another liberal. But, you know, the Republicans are probably going to fight this. Now, I would say to the Republicans, you know what? It's best that you not fight it because there wasn't all that much resistance to Samuel Alito. There was some resistance to John Roberts, but... Really, the Bush administration got those two pushed through. I mean, the only one that had the most resistance really was Clarence Thomas back in whatever it was, 1991. And I remember that as a kid. You know, there was all that stuff with Anita Baker and uh, all the stuff about sexual harassment because he apparently made a comment about a pubic hair on a Coke can. Remember that? which sounded completely ridiculous at the time when I was 13 years old, and it still sounds ridiculous. Meanwhile, the guys turned out to be an all right Supreme Court justice. So it would seem. All right, the phenomenon that I'm not understanding, and this is something that's really gotten out of control, and that is the concept of tipping in the United States. Now, anybody listening here in the U.S., you know you go to a restaurant, a sit-down place, and I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's on the low end or the high end. I don't care if it's a Denny's or if it's a Donovan Steakhouse. Whether it's Durant's in downtown Phoenix, whether it's uh, whatever, doesn't matter. The Sky Bar, it, 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 wherever you go, 
It's just part of the experience. It's part of the entire affair that you're going to leave a tip at the end of the meal. I mean, unless the meal is so atrocious, unless the service is so atrocious, you just don't feel the need. And then some people still do it just because. Regardless, tipping is just one of those things that's part of American culture. It's just ingrained in you that you're supposed to tip. The problem is is that tipping has become so out of hand that now we feel the need to tip well, we, we tip um, for things that really we never tipped for before. And now I go places and I'm seeing tip jars out. The tip jar is very, very strange. The whole concept of tipping is kind of strange. I kind of get it in a restaurant, especially in some states like Arizona where waitresses are paid servers, I should say, waiter, waitress, whatever. They're paid, what is it, uh, two and a half bucks an hour. And then they make most of their money on tips. So I sort of understand the concept of tipping in that regard. People from other countries, they just think we're lunatics on this. They just don't understand how we, they don't understand the the etiquette for tipping. They don't know why we bother to tip because in their countries, they actually pay their people appropriately. They pay their people so they don't feel the need for tips. Now, on one hand, you can say, well, tipping encourages better service. I've been to many places where unless the tipping was very, very bad, the service certainly wasn't good. It was not being encouraged by good tips. And then I've been to places where people, they were a good server, regardless of whether they got tipped or not. They had pride in their work, which is something, another discussion for another day, but that's certainly something that's lacking in this country as well. But now there's tip jars that are starting to appear everywhere. And there's the city that I'm going to use to exemplify this is New York City. So... It's one thing to tip a server at a sit-down restaurant. But now you go into like a McDonald's, Wendy's, Arby's, any fast food place, they have tip jars out. Subway, they have tip jars. Starbucks has tip jars. Now, Starbucks has been doing that for a long time. But they have these cups. They have these tip jars. But they, they're now, in New York City, they're now becoming just the ubiquitous part of any business You find them in movie theaters, at the concession stands, sidewalk vendors, next to the gym lockers. It's gotten out of hand. People want more money for doing their jobs. Now, I get that in a sense, but say I'm a truck driver, all right? I'm paid to haul something from point A to point B, and I get it there. And then I say to the the business or whoever that I brought it to, I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, I do the, the, the tip motion. I'm like, you know, like what? Well, you know, where, where's my where's my extra money? I got it here on time. What are you, Domino's? You got the delivery here, so now I got to tip you. I I'm okay with tipping a pizza delivery guy, but I'm not gonna tip a guy that moved my stuff. I'm just not gonna do it. I hired you to move my stuff. What, I have to pay you above and beyond because you did such a great job of of picking up my furniture and putting it on a truck and moving it? I could have picked it up and put it on a truck and moved it had I had a truck. But that's why I hired you in the first place. That's why your business exists is to move things. I'm not tipping you for that. You work at McDonald's. I'm not tipping you because you work at McDonald's. You know who tips you for that? Whoever hired you. They give you uh, $7 an hour to do that job. Here's a tip. Get a better job if you want more money. That's the tip. 
Now, some of these tip jars, too, they're writing messages on them, you know, to, to try and help uh, make you feel a little guilty or try to sort of encourage you to tip. Like, for example, here's one. Um, this is in a New York City uh, movie theater at a concession stand. Tipping isn't a city in China. There's another one. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Well, you know what? Mama better get a second job then. And here they talk about uh, somebody, uh, Samantha Shepard, a 25-year-old PhD student from Queens, refuses to go to a Seatown supermarket near her neighborhood because the grocery baggers have tip jars. Quote, I had this conflict, this conflict of feeling. I felt bad for not giving her money, but I didn't feel she deserved it. I don't go to that supermarket anymore, she said. Quote, you're made to feel guilty, and I don't like that. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's like you're almost sort of intimidated into paying it in a way. Now, I wouldn't do it because I'm just not going to do that. And I'm not, it's not that I'm not a charitable guy. It's not that I'm not a generous guy. It's not that I, I have anything against paying people. But that's what their employer is for. That's not what I'm for. And so the other countries that sort of laugh at us because we have this insane obsession with tipping and it's apparently getting more and more insane, they're probably right to do so. They're probably right to laugh at us. We are kind of nuts. Like who tips like that? At a supermarket, you're going to tip the guy that puts... Fine, if I have to tip you, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put my own groceries in my bag. I'm going to go to the self-checkout I'm going to bag my own groceries. See, I used to hate the self-checkout. I still kind of do. I hate it in a sense because I, I do hate the lack of human interaction that we have in, in society anymore where, you know, and, and though given the people that you talk to that work at the grocery store now, they're generally miserable people. So the conversation is like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, the day sucks. It's like, well, yeah, my day sucks too. I have to come to your crappy grocery store, purchase food that's way overpriced, and now I got to talk to you. And not to mention, I have my own problems and my life sucks too. But guess what? I'm trying to exchange pleasantries here, bitch. The last thing I need is someone growling at me about how their job sucks while, uh, while they're bagging my groceries. You know, look, I mean, so in, in a sense, I do understand, but yeah... The, from the philosophical standpoint, we are moving away from the human interaction in, in society, and that that that's kind of annoying. The bank by my house. I mean, I understand why, but now they put up the uh, the the supposedly bulletproof glass, and uh, you can barely hear the person behind there. What? Hold on, can I, uh, let me just shoot a hole in this glass and we can have a conversation. I wouldn't do that, sir, because say that the very least will fail enough to do that. What? It's not the very least will fail enough to do that. Yeah, just so you know, if you're a teller at a bank and you're behind that, screaming louder doesn't make us hear you. Get up to the, the little slit that they have, which is a paper-sized little slit and then we can talk. Anyway, I went to one bank actually where they had where they had that bulletproof stuff. But then I'm I'm almost as tall as it, so I could just reach my hand over. Like if somebody wanted to, they could just put a gun over that and you know go nuts. But anyway, uh, I I just I um 
I can understand why people are, are so averse to the tipping situation. Now they want it at, at the grocery stores. Now they want it. Next thing you know, and I've thought about this, I'm sure they're going to want it at a bank. A teller sits there and deposits your check, punches the numbers in, and they, they're probably going to expect you to give them a few bucks. Here's the story right here. Somebody, this, this camp, somebody went to a laser hair removal center and afterwards, the, see, this is where they get you. Afterwards, the lady behind the counter said, and what would you like to leave as a gratuity on your card? And then, then you have to say, well, nothing. And then you feel kind of weird about it. Oh, really? Why? Were we that bad? No, you're already getting paid. I'm paying you $500 or whatever it is for the laser hair removal. Well, I mean, you did a particularly good job. And I mean, I, 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 guess, I guess I'm just going to go above and beyond the already expensive price. Tipping is, um, it's, it's weird. And then well, how much do you tip? When I was growing up, when I was growing up, I was always told you tip 10% at a restaurant. And that became taboo. Now, I remember that became taboo probably about, I don't know, 1990-ish. Then it became the standard was 15%. And then for a while, when the economy was really going good, if you tip 15%, you were kind of cheap. You should, either, you should go like between 18 and 20%. So I don't know. And now it's like, me, I, I'm, I'm a pretty good tipper, okay? Um, I know people that, I know one person in particular that will tip precisely on the dot 15%. They will not go a penny more. I don't care if the person came over and, and they were the greatest server. If God himself was the server, it's 15% and they will count it out to the penny. Then there are people that are, that are flexible. I, I knew, I knew somebody that just wouldn't tip period. And I know people that, you know, they'll just give a, you know, they give like a couple of bucks, no matter what it is. If they buy a cup of coffee, they'll leave a couple of bucks. If they ordered a filet mignon, they'll leave a couple of bucks. See, I'm one of these, I'm one of these guys that I tip based on performance. Like if I don't think you brought over my drink fast enough, well, I'm not going to give you as much. Because if you're going to play the game where you expect us to tip, then I'm going to play the game where I evaluate your performance and your how much I leave is is directly proportionate to your performance. If you're a hot chick, uh, you get a little extra. I'm kidding, sort of. I, I you know if somebody is friendly, if someone actually cares a little bit and you can see that they care about their job, they care about the customer, then you should probably leave a little bit more. I have left, and I. I'm not embarrassed to admit it. I've left zero for a tip before. I wrote zero deliberately on there. And the reason is, and I, I, the one time I remember the most recent time I did this was several years ago in California at the Rocky Cola Company. I left zero and I left a, a note as explaining why I left zero. This was the worst service I've ever had. And you know what it was too? It was one of these people who uh, talked to my girlfriend at the time and asked her what I wanted and like totally ignored me. Now, I understand that I, I, I have a little bit of a youthful look to me, uh, I guess, but uh, I don't look like I'm three, do I? And what would, and what would he like? That's, 
that's an automatic, you know, I mean, you're lucky I didn't just take the, the, the soda that it took you a half hour to bring to me and throw it on you and then leave. Did you say something to me? I think that's cute when you talk. Honey, you're the one working at a restaurant in your 30s. I mean, you know, not to get rude here, but you're, you're here to serve me, all right? Understand, I am the customer. You are, well, you're called a server. So, you know, get to serving. Whatever. All right. So that's the thing with tipping, and uh, it's just, it's totally out of hand. It really is. That's it, I think. <laughs> On that note, I think we should probably leave. Mike at KMGX.com. That would be the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. You know, there was a time, uh, my brother, when he graduated from college, um, my grandma was here and everything like that. We just stopped at a restaurant on the way back from, from his thing. Like he went off and partied and, uh, my, it was my mom, my grandmother, my, my grandma, well, my mom's mom, my grandma Berg. Um, I think my, my aunt and myself, I think we, we all went over to, um, to a restaurant. It might've been like a Perkins or something over by ASU. I know, big time, classy joint like Perkins. Well, hey, Tiger Woods got one of his uh, one of his chicks from there. So, you know, if it's good enough for Tiger, I think it's good enough for us. So we stopped by, I don't know, Perkins or someplace. And uh, I, I have to tell you, terrible service, really bad. And when we left, when we were getting ready to leave, my, my grandma Berg, you know, she's like, I don't think you should leave any any money for a tip that service was terrible. You know, my grandma Berg is very much, she's very much like me in this regard. You know, she, she is very much performance based, but my mom felt guilty. And so she left some money. I think my aunt left some money. So you know what I did? They left. I got up. I picked the money up off the table in my wallet. I think I had like a two for one coupon for, for like, you know, like, I don't know, a two-for-one coupon for like a sandwich at like Subway or something. And that's what I left for a tip plus one penny. <laughs> that's what I, I... I put it in the little leather-bound thing and, and, I, and I left. And, the, and then like on the way home, I gave mom her money. And I said, yeah, here's the money for your tip so you wouldn't waste it. So, uh, because... I just wasn't, on principle, I wasn't going to let her uh, waste her money on a tip when the service was that bad. This wasn't going to happen. No, I'm sorry. All right, anyway, we'll be uh, back tomorrow, uh, allegedly with yet another edition of Michael Groff in exile. We coming your way then. So weird, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I kind of do envy other countries that don't do it. Like I've talked to people before and, and they just say, I don't know. I don't know what it is with you guys. What are you guys up to over there? And I say, I, I really don't know. The mandatory gratuity thing. That's what gets me. And then the, the places that um, the restaurants that assess you a mandatory gratuity, even if you have a party of less than six people, if it's not on the menu and they do that, well, uh, that's finable. They, they're they not allowed to do that. But you see, then you feel like if you leave, they're going to call the police or something. And you say, well, 
I'm not paying a gratuity. You can't enforce that. All right. Anyway, uh, that's it. Mike at KMGX.com, our email and PayPal address. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. More information about this program, myself, and everything else at MichaelGroff.com. Plus, you know, you've got every other means of contact to the program. You get it by now, I think, I hope. Let's see, so today's show was very informative. Racist Glenn Miller. Talked some baseball. Talked about, uh, well, we did some radio talk. That was great. That Mike Francesa clip, that is phenomenal. I think that's it. I think we're good. Do we need to do any other shows this week? Probably not. All right, later on in the week, we'll uh, we'll have more from the Michael Graff Show Stupid News File. We'll check the uh, the top ten songs in the world of pop. That's always exciting. And so much more. Always keep it here. Michael Graff in exile. Uh, see you next time. <laughs>